Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show, If I Were God. And I'm not just talking about me. I want you to also say, If I Were God... It starts to bring up some very interesting questions, and I promise you I'm going to make a point here. There is a lesson. Now, I called this show If I Were God, sure, in order to capture your attention and be kind of sensational, but I believe shortly you're going to start thinking about some new things on a new level. Now, let me start by saying it would be easy for me to simply say that if I were God, I could just dictate things from the clouds like Zeus. That sounds nice, doesn't it? So I might dictate things like no more loud mufflers and vehicles in my neighborhood. If you have a car or a motorcycle that goes, you're not going to heaven. Okay. I could, I, I, I would be tempted to do that. If I were Zeus, seriously though, if, just if don't don't do that don't drive those vehicles through neighborhoods listen to me do the right thing or i could say if i were god if you try to put an onion on a house salad it bursts into flames because onions do not belong on top of a house salad and i don't know how that even started or how about this uh, if you take a job off operating a, uh, a leaf blower, now I, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. Look, I would just make leaf blowers silent. That's a nicer solution. You might be able to tell as I'm getting older, I have more and more of a problem with noise. And of course, <laughs> you have to realize I'm always recording things. I'm in the broadcasting business. Look, and these are these are examples of what you might think I'm talking about, making dictations like that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that is much more meaningful and realistic when it comes to thinking about yourself and your relationship to the universe. OK, so let me get into what I really mean here. I wrote this 
book, which you can get as an ebook called Finding Your Magic, How to Hack Reality Through Lucid Living. If you go to my website, there is a, a link to the Curiosity Shop, and you can find it there, and you can download it, and you can also hear me read this to you. As a matter of fact, it costs less than it used to because all the wands are sold out. It used to come with a wand, but I lowered the price because the wands are sold out, and I'm not making any more of those. But uh, there is a section which gives you sort of a personality test to help you figure out more about who you are and the things that will help you manifest what you want in life and have a better life and really to ultimately determine what your purpose in life is. Because it, it doesn't matter how hard you work, you are never going to succeed in life unless you are in alignment with your purpose. We all have a certain purpose to fulfill here. And so I won't tell you all the, the questions that you ask. There are five questions that you have to ask yourself, and you'll learn those if you read Finding Your Magic. But one of the most significant ones is, how do you describe a perfect world according to you? So in other words, if I give you a pad and I say, look, Whatever you write down on this pad is going to become reality. You tell me how it all works. You tell me what the planet looks like. And is it made of cotton candy with unicorns flying around? Or, you know, what is it? What is it? And you never know what a person is going to come up with when he or she asks that question. Uh, you know, how do you do or when that question is asked, how do you describe a perfect world according to you? Because what usually happens is that we are always complaining about something in life. And a lot of that is because we're inspired to always feel like there's something wrong by, you know, the news media that's telling you all the, all the problems and how everything's going to hell in a handbasket, et cetera. And what I find is that if you actually, however, sit down and you start saying, well, if I were God, could I do a better job? You start to realize that maybe you're being a little bit too harsh and a little bit too too critical when it comes to how you're viewing the reality around you. I mean, do you realize that you can look out there and I mean, you see these turquoise oceans and striking sweeping mountains and emerald plains and the amazing symmetry, the the symmetrical pyramid of animals and life and the clear shining sun and moon and stars and all the people and creatures and music and flavors and feelings you love. You see how perfectly it all fits together, despite the fact that it does hurt horribly sometimes. And we're going to get into that in a minute. And I'll show you where I'm leading even more clearly with all this. But as an entitled human we often feel that we don't have enough, enough of fill in the blank, enough stuff. I mean, think of Yoda, the simplicity of of living there in the robe. How much do you need? I mean, think of your life and you know that it's true. How much do you really need? And. So much is provided here. Uh, a lot of the problems that we have are problems that come from us filling our minds with the negative thoughts 
that are based upon people who are ultimately advertising some solution to a problem that you didn't even know that you had. But I'm not saying that life is all peaches and cream. As a matter of fact, there is a curse upon all of us that I'm going to get to here shortly. But before we dig into that inevitable fact, I just want you to start thinking about how that you can make the most of your reality and how you can start manifesting good things in your life for yourself and for other people almost magically if you start to improve your viewpoint on the universe. So instead of thinking like there is uh, a big bad world out there, and maybe there is some God that allows bad things to happen. What if you start reworking your mindset and you say, all right, even if there is a God that's like a big Zeus sitting up there in the sky, what if that God is not actually omnipotent? What if he or she or it actually cannot do anything it wants? It, it also has this framework to operate within, this canvas to function within, these rules that we often call the laws of nature or the laws of physics, and everything still has to happen and cycle through that. But regardless of how it all works, what I find is that it is true that what you project out to the universe determines how the universe treats you. And you know, I hate to keep pitching books I've written, but in my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, also on my website, I do talk about the importance of having a loving relationship with the universe, where you wake up every day and in one way or another, you basically take a moment and you imagine that the universe is a living, conscious, aware, interactive thing. And you say mentally to it, sincerely to it, I love you and thank you. And again, you can say it different ways, but just say, I love you and thank you. Even if you don't believe that the whole universe is one big conscious mind, the weird thing is if you start treating it like it is, then you will start to see it behaving like it is. And suddenly this is when you realize, hey, maybe I understand what it means to say ye are gods, that you are a creator. You're a participant in this process, right? That energy flows where attention goes. And if you want to make more money, sometimes the best thing you can do, for example, is not to think about always needing more money. Uh, when we come back from our first break, I'm going to give you some interesting thoughts on how you can start changing your relationship with the universe to make better things happen for you. But then we're going to dig into the dark side a little bit because there are people out there who believe that this may actually be hell. This world that you and I are living in right now might actually be hell. And you know what? There's a very good argument that could be made for that. And I'm going to tell you about that argument and some other various thoughts when we come back. Yeah, it's one of those shows. Cerebral, whatever. But it's going to make you think. Um, I recently got back from my travels, and so I am finally about ready to release this kit 
that I've been teasing for the longest time, but I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast. The only way you're going to know about it is if you go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter. It takes you two seconds. Put your email address in there. Hit the submit button. And uh, I, this is not going to be in my curiosity shop or anything. It's just exclusively for people who subscribe to the e-newsletter. And then you're going to get an email from me as soon as you put your email address in there. That's got some free gifts. But any day now, I'll be announcing this new kit. And it's, it's one of the coolest things I've experimented with in my life. All right. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry 
she would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. You have probably been put to sleep for a medical procedure at some point in your life, right? One time I had a simple medical procedure, but I had to undergo complete anesthesia and they used propofol, which is the substance that uh, killed Michael Jackson. It became really well known and infamous after that, but um it's uh, it's a very common safe thing to use, but I, what struck me is that I uh, and you've heard me say this, am an extremely vivid dreamer. Uh, whenever I don't care if it's a nap or I lay down to sleep for eight hours or more, I just have from the moment I drift off to the moment I wake up, I mean, insane dreams. And I remember them remarkably well. And it, and it, it really was, was sort of amazing to me that when I went in to have this procedure, of course, I had an IV and, uh, they didn't even, say like, okay, here we go. Lights out. It was just like, I was, I was gone until I woke up in the recovery room, you know? And there was just, it was just literally like a complete gap in my presence here on earth. And I know, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, thank God it works that way. That's how it's supposed to work, but it really does help you understand that your consciousness is some kind of a flow of of information. It's almost like a flow of divine information that is being channeled through this wormhole brain back and forth between here and some greater mind. And that there's an enormous amount of power there that you can tap into if you if you regulate it. Remember, energy flows where attention goes. People worry about money all the time, and unfortunately, they send that worry out, and it attracts more things for you to worry about. Uh, in fact, when it comes to, to money, uh, one of the best things you can do is try to become numb to whatever stresses you out about money. 
Just don't even let it bother you. Don't think about it. And only be excited by thoughts that give you joy about what you do like like about having money and how you spend it and the fun things to do with it. And that goes for everything in your life. So the lesson here is, first off, could you do a better job if you were God? Well, I bet you can't. We can't know why that is. We're not allowed to know. But what you can do is appreciate the wonderful world that you live in and how creative you can be in order to make good things happen for yourself and to manifest good things. And, you know, don't, don't be a, a, a wimp. Uh, don't have fear. And if you think I'm right about this, because I think people need to hear it over and over right now, because there is this enormous amount of fear plaguing the world like never in uh, certainly in my lifetime. Um, if you think that people need to hear this, I hope that you'll send this podcast to anyone and everyone that you care about. But I also want to realize I, I, I want you to realize that I'm not naive here. And not everything is all peachy keen. The reason is, okay, here, here is why some people believe that this world we're living in may be hell. That is because even if you really do everything that you believe you're supposed to do to gain some happiness and health, if you eat right and you exercise and you don't drink or smoke or do any kinds of unnecessary drugs, and you get a good stable job and you raise a nice family and you, you, you know, you, you work every day until it's time for you to retire and you're charitable and you get out there and you help your neighbors and your community. Even if you do everything right and you live to be 120 years old, you're still going to suffer throughout that entire process, because even if you are fortunate enough so that nothing bad happens to you, you are going to have to see bad things happen to people all around you that you care about. Look at what it's like just to have a pet and to go through the pet dying. And, you know, I've, I've told you before, I've had a lot of friends who live to be elderly, and they say the worst part about getting old is watching all the people that you love die who don't make it. So there is inevitably going to be suffering. And I know that you know, some religions like Buddhism acknowledge that more than others. And some people think of Buddhism as being more of a philosophy than a religion, but it doesn't matter because the point is being that this is true and everything that you work for in your life is eventually going to be you know, worthless to, to some, or maybe not everything, but like your physical stuff, you know, the physical stuff is all going to disintegrate. You can see why there are people who believe that life is, is suffering. And before I get into, um, uh, uh, well, let me put it this way, that they believe that life, uh, is, is, is so much suffering that this is hell and, and there are various rungs of hell and that you are within one of those rungs. Before I get more into that, I just, this reminded me, speaking of suffering and how these kind of eerie tragedies happen. 
you know, of course, I own the new haunted Boulder City tour, which is about 30 minutes outside of Las Vegas. And uh, which, by the way, is you wouldn't believe how popular this tour has instantly become. I mean, all the tours are sold out pretty much. And so uh, but I've been reading more and more and studying more and more and learning more and more about that town, because that's the town where all the, the workers lived who built the Hoover Dam. And I was reading about a lot of these workers and listen to this. The morning of December 20th of 1922, a surveyor named J.G. Tierney slipped from a barge near the Hoover Dam site and drowned, becoming the first man to die associated with the project. Exactly 13 years later, to the day, his son, Patrick Tierney, became the last man to die on the project when he fell to his death from an intake tower. Wow. You know, you look at stuff like that and you go, how is it's, it? It goes back to the synchronicity and the fact that there are no coincidences. As terrible as that is, it's more evidence of some kind of a design here behind all this. And why it almost seems like some people are just destined for tragedies to suffer more. And that that's part of what they're supposed to learn, I guess. And it's, 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 it's terrible that it works that way. But if you envision that maybe this life actually, let's say it's true. Let's go with this hypothesis. You might even call it a theory, whatever you, let's go with this idea that this world is actually hell. That you and I didn't get it in one of our past lives. Like we, we, we were foolish. We did bad things. We did not learn our lesson. And so we've come here to perhaps get another opportunity, another chance to learn what we were supposed to learn. If that were the case, and this is a realm of punishment, well, then obviously there are different levels of punishment. Because, of you know, you have some people who clearly suffer more than others, whether it's from a, a genetic, physical uh, ailment or just constant tragedy. I mean, you, we have these curses that seem to befall certain families like the Kennedys, for example. But then think about people who actually end up going to prison, who really do. Uh, and, and, of course... We won't get into all the reasons that people go to prison. I know that there are people who go out and they're just evil people and they do evil things and they belong in prison. But then you have people who may not belong in prison who end up there because of some very bad circumstances. I mean, not to at least of which, you know, not least of which being people who are innocent who end up in prison. And uh, I hope that you never end up in prison. I, I certainly hope none of us do. Uh, I do know that some of my listeners have been to prison and uh, and they've learned some powerful lessons there. And when it comes to what being in prison does to you mentally, how it affects your outlook, it's it's really interesting to study some of these extremely haunted prisons that exist all over the world. 
And, you know, what kinds of ghosts do we have in these prisons? Are they different than you know, regular ghosts, you might say? And my good buddy, David Weatherly, he wrote this book that came out recently. He actually co-authored it with Ross Allison, and it's called Haunted Prisons. And David gave me permission to read one of the chapters to you. I, I don't have time to read the whole chapter, but I thought I'd read you some interesting parts. Since I'm in Nevada, I just picked the Nevada State Prison in Carson City. And uh, I think that, it, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about life in general, not to mention life in prison, but think about afterlife in prison. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. 
When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Do you think that when someone dies in prison, that he or she might actually be afraid to leave the prison? Uh, for one thing, a lot of people just get used to confinement. It reminds me of the movie The Shawshank Redemption, when the old man who's been in prison for decades can't hack it, suddenly being thrust outside of prison into the regular world. And it's just it's overwhelming. And so he just commits suicide as a free man. And then you have people who are in prison who are told on a daily basis, reminded on a daily basis, you're a bad person. You're a bad person. That's why you're here. You're a bad person. And so when that person finally dies, is that person afraid of passing on into that tunnel of light or whatever, where there may be some other form of spiritual punishment on top of what has happened here in life? Uh, you know, it's one of those things like if you are if you're worried about that or if you have the slightest guilty conscience, might you want to delay that process of facing your judgment if you can? We don't know the answers to these questions, but it's interesting when you think about haunted prisons and ghosts that reside in them. I mentioned, of course, David Weatherly co-authored this new book. It's only been out. Oh, gosh, not long uh, called Haunted Prisons. With Ross Allison. I tell you what, I've published over 20 books and I've never co-authored a book. Uh, I just, I can't really imagine co-authoring something creative like that because I don't play well with others. I want things to be my way. But when David Weatherly, the great David Weatherly contacted me and asked me to write the foreword to his book, Monsters of the Tar Hill State, cryptids and legends of North Carolina. Boy, I was just thrilled and honored and delighted to do that. It's uh, I'd, I'd write a foreword for him anytime. He's one of my favorite authors. 
So he gave me permission to read some of this chapter for you from Haunted Prisons. This book is on Amazon.com. You can get it for less than $20. And I figured, well, I'm doing all this research on Nevada. I'm in Las Vegas. Let's read some about the Nevada State Prison, which is in Carson City. At least that's that's where the remains are. So here we go. Just I'll skip around a little bit. Uh, they write, where would you find a prison with a wide ranging history that includes a mass escape, the first execution by lethal gas and a prison casino? Where else but the rugged state of Nevada? The Nevada State Prison operated from its establishment in 1862 until it was closed in 2012. At the time of its closing, it was one of the oldest prisons still in operation in the United States. And at the time of its closure, the prison had an inmate capacity of 841. Beyond hangings and firing squads, the prison was the first in the United States to execute someone by gas chamber. When 29-year-old G. John was put to death, G. John was a member of a Chinese criminal organization called Hip Sing Tong. He was tried and convicted for the murder of an elderly man. Officials first attempted to execute John by pumping poison gas directly into his cell. And when this failed, a makeshift gas chamber was set up in the prison's butcher shop. John was put to death on February the 8th of 1924, with witnesses watching him through a small window. 32 men were put to death in gas chambers at the prison from 1924 through 1979. In 1985, serial killer Carol Cole became the first death row inmate to be executed by lethal injection when the state made the method the official process for execution. In total... 43 inmates were executed at the site. When gambling was legalized in the state of Nevada, the prison made an unusual move. It opened a casino. The Big House Casino operated from 1932 until 1967, and it was the only penal casino in the United States, allowing the prison's inmates to gamble at table games. As a result of the casino operation, the prison even had its own currency coined at the prison itself. The currency consisted of brass tokens ranging in value from a nickel to $5. The prison currency was utilized inside until the prison closed. Let me pause for a second. I, you know, I need to look for one of those. That'd be a neat thing to add to my collection of weird, spooky stuff. Anyway, back to the chapter. They write, some believe the angry ghost of murderer G. John is one of the spirits still lingering in the prison. Perhaps John is seeking revenge for his death by lethal gas. As with many prisons, the walls of numerous cells still bear the scratches of past prisoners. Some are notes about loved ones, others clearly counting the days of their imprisonment. The cells on the third floor cell house are said to be an area of high paranormal activity. In general, there are a lot of active spots in the prison and reports range from disembodied voices and strange noises to weird light anomalies. 
Some witnesses claim they've been touched by something unseen when inside the prison. The mess hall and kitchen areas are said to be especially active spots for the ghosts that linger in the prison. Metal on metal sounds, bangs, and disembodied voices have all been picked up in the area. It's not surprising, really, since the rooms were considered dangerous when the prison was in operation, and a racial riot reportedly led to a murder in the area at one point. Several people have also reported seeing shadow figures in the prison. These weird humanoid shapes are often said to appear menacing, and witnesses have said they believe the figures are sinister and evil. Whether they are a manifestation of residual energy from the depths of the prison or the spirits of deceased inmates is a matter that many investigators debate. Just as unsettling as the shadow figures is the reported creepy laugh that numerous people have heard inside the prison. And some have even captured the sound on digital recorders. Says the Nevada State Prison was added to the National Registry of Historic Places in 2015. And work is being done to preserve the site and its history. Thank you to David Weatherly and Ross Allison for allowing me to read that part of their book, Haunted Prisons. Uh, again, it's at Amazon. And they have uh, sections called Types of Prisons, Why Haunted Prisons. And then prisons from all over the country. So you should you should definitely check this out. Ooh, Andersonville. Uh, can you imagine that site? That was a Civil War era prison. You know, I I'm not sure if I've ever talked about this on a podcast or a radio show before, but I did something in a prison one time. I was investigating a prison and, and I did something that, uh, is kind of horrifying. And it's one of those things like where I, I feel once again, like I should be like, I'm not proud of this, but I had an opportunity and I kind of had to take it and I don't really regret it. I don't know how you're going to feel about it. Some of you will think that this is, um, possible possibly offensive i don't know but i'm just going to tell you because it's true so i have investigated a number of haunted prisons and uh many years ago i had the opportunity to investigate one of the most famous haunted prisons i'm not going to tell you which one and uh, i was with a very well-known paranormal investigator and so we were getting some special access to things at this prison. And at one point we, this is after kind of after hours, so to speak. And we were taken into a room where there were lots of artifacts from the prison's history. And one of the things they had there was the black hood that was put over the head of men as they were hanged. And, oh, I can't remember how many men had been hanged with this hood on. I'm sure it was dozens and maybe more. I'd have to go back and look. But a lot of men had this black hood put over their head and then the noose tied around it. And you could still see 
as a matter of fact, some traces of fluids and things on this hood. And it was not behind glass. There was a plaque there that had the history of the thing. And at one point, he and I were left unsupervised. And we looked at each other and had that mischievous spark in our eyes. And I reached out and I took the hood and I put it over my head because I wanted to see what would happen. If I would see something ghostly or feel something ghostly, this is part of what I've done with my life is experiment with these things. When we come back from the break, I will tell you what happened. I also have another ghost story to share with you and if I have time an email to share with you I'm Joshua P. Warren you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network I'll be right back I'm Scott Weinberger journalist and former deputy sheriff In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, 
and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Well, look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at ParanormalDate.com slash seniors. Enjoy your search and have some fun at ParanormalDate.com. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is probably a rhetorical question, but would you have done what I did? Would you have taken that old black stained cloth hood that has been used for oh generations the same one over and over it's 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 a part of the kit with the scaffolding you know to put over the head of a condemned man would you have taken that thing and slipped it over your head well i did it and i kept it over my head for i would say a good 30 seconds, which is quite a while. And I did definitely feel just really, really weird. Uh, really. I'm not sure what the word is. I, I, I felt out of place. I felt disoriented. Um, I felt like I was violating something, but I did not have a vision and I didn't see anything ghostly. Okay, so nothing like that happened. It was just, I think, the thought of knowing what I was doing. It was, you know, it was just one of those very unsettling moments. And I'd have to think about it a lot longer to to see if I could even try to describe it better than that. But when I was, then I took it off of my head and I gave it to the other investigator and he did the same thing. And we both said, when neither one of us saw a ghost or had some kind of like profound flash of action some movie that appeared nothing like that it was just uh, a very uncomfortable feeling and 
you think if, what could be more haunted than that? A, a piece of fabric over the head of a person who knows he's about to die. So he's, he's anticipating it and then dies and his spirit to some degree, you know, passes from his head through this fabric. It kind of reminds you of the concept behind the shroud of Turin, doesn't it? That's another thing to think about when it comes to like the idea of being a perfect person. If you believe that the, that the story of Jesus is true, well, even if he was a model perfect citizen, look at the suffering he endured. But anyway, um, I, I do not believe that you could say by being around that thing, you know, having it on your head for 30 seconds, you're able to gauge how haunted it is. I would imagine that if you had that thing in your house, a lot of spooky stuff would happen around it. And But it's in a museum. It's in a collection in a museum where it really belongs. But if I had an opportunity to study something like that more extensively, I would probably take it. So, sorry if you didn't like that story, but I just figured I may as well share that experience with the world. It's just more information to, you know, again, who 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 does that, right? Hey, uh, I want to give you another interesting little ghost story here real quick. Um, As you know, I, I, right now, it's the time for this. And my Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours have been a huge hit for 25 years. HauntedAsheville.com. That's in North Carolina. And, uh, gosh, we, we have so many people from all over the world on those tours. But the, 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 the Boulder, the, the, the Haunted Boulder City Tour, which is 30 minutes outside of Vegas, this is a new thing. And, uh, there is this new book out called Haunted Las Vegas by Janice Oberding. And this is brand new, which is weird because there's another book called Haunted Las Vegas that was written in 2012 by a man named Paul Papa. So same name, two different books shows you how haunted this place is. But I started reading some of the stories that she'd written about things that supposedly happened near Boulder City. And if you're in the area, uh, just go to hauntedbouldercity.com to take the tour. I created it. Okay. So she wrote years ago, an elderly couple was driving along a lonely stretch of the Boulder highway outside of Las Vegas. They were headed home. Happily, they agreed that this had been one of their best vacations. They had enjoyed a good run at the slot machines. The wife's coin purse was fuller than it had been when they arrived in Las Vegas the previous week. A great success. Their annual vacation to the desert city had been both fun and profitable, and now they were already engrossed in plans for next year's jaunt. Suddenly, their car smashed into something. Pulling over to the side of the road, the old man got out to see what he had hit. An animal lover, he hated the thought, but there it was, a dying cow lay in the middle of the road. There was nothing he could do for the pitiful animal. He couldn't give it anything to ease its suffering or put it out of its misery. And as he stood staring down at the cow, a large truck came barreling down the highway toward him. Fear seized the old woman. Frantic that her husband might be killed, she jumped out of the car and waved her arms wildly in warning to the truck. 
The truck driver tried desperately to brake and avoid the man in the middle of the road. Unfortunately, he could not prevent his truck from sliding into the old gentleman, killing him instantly. Since that tragic event, several people have seen the elderly man on the side of the road, and some have slowed down to offer the oldster a ride. He never accepts, but merely waves the car on, as if to say, you go on, I'm going to be here for a while. A very long while. Well, what do you think about that? That sounds like a a conscious interactive entity, right? Waving the car on. Unless it was just an imprint of him doing that. I'll tell you one thing. If he hit a cow, he was lucky that they didn't both die. Last year, 2020, my mom and dad were in... The, the Smoky Mountains area around Cherokee, North Carolina, and they were driving home at night and rounded a bend and hit a black bear. Totaled the car. It put both of them in the hospital, but my dad got the worst of it. I mean, he had to have an operation because he, you know, he had some real damage to his abdominal area, but thank God they, they came through it fine. Um, boy, when you hit something of that size, that can be instantly deadly. Again, that book, Haunted Las Vegas, brand new, Janice Oberding. Really good book. It's available on Amazon. All right, let's see if I can squeeze an email in here. This is from Mary Jane Collins, who lives in Nashville, Tennessee. She says, after waking one night, and being awake for a few moments, stretching, yawning, and preparing to go back to sleep. I noticed a swirly, excuse me, I noticed a slowly swirling mass of energy in the room with me. I'll repeat that. She says, I noticed a slowly swirling mass of energy in the room with me. I rubbed my eyes and looked again and it started to come together in the form of a vertically oriented, swirling galaxy shape with what resembled a black hole at the center. I rubbed my eyes again, and it was still there. Very interesting to look at. It looked as if it had iridescent clear colors overlaid on the room's background. You could see right through it like a heat mirage on a hot road in the summertime. Intrigued by it, I got up and walked over to it to get a closer look. I wanted to touch it or stick my head inside and have a look. And then a quick fear came over me that if I did, I may not come back after what would seem like being sucked in with the force akin to an airline toilet flush. I stood and looked at it for a while and decided that was enough and did nothing to break the apparent plane of energy. I laid back down and just watched it for a little while, a little while longer, and it slowly faded away. I haven't seen it since. I still wonder what it was and what, what would have happened if I hadn't become afraid of the unknown. What if I had touched it or stuck my head in the center to have a look and see? It was fascinating and creepy all at the same time. Reminds me of when I saw my first ghost and I did reach out and touch it. 
and it was cold and made the hair stand up on my knuckles. All right, my friends, are you ready? Here's the positive thing we're going to do today. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes if you can. Enjoy the good fortune tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show And to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs>